Welcome to this episode of Come, Follow Me, A Disciple's Journey. This episode, we're going to talk about the oath and covenant of the priesthood. We're going to go, I mean, really verses 6 through 50-ish is kind of what's going to be included uh, as we discuss uh, the, these, this concept, this doctrine. So we'll, we'll jump into verse 6, and it says, And the sons of Moses, according to the holy priesthood, which he received under the hand of his father-in-law Jethro, and then it goes into this line of authority. Where did Moses get his priesthood and uh, where did it originate? And um, it goes all the way back to Adam. One thing that's interesting to note is that verse 6 actually continues in verse 31. So that second part of verse 6, all the way through verse 30, are kind of this parenthetical insertion. Because if you were to pick up and read verse 6 and then read verse 31, it says, And the sons of Moses, and then he goes on and gives his line of authority. Verse 31 says, Therefore, as I said concerning the sons of Moses, for the sons of Moses and also the sons of Aaron shall offer an acceptable offering and sacrifice in the house of the Lord, which house shall be built unto the Lord in this generation upon the consecrated spot as I have appointed so it kind of picks up. So in terms of the like thought, uh, you could that's just something really interesting to note. And then you have this line of authority in between with what else? And we're going to get into the what else right now. One thought before I get into the kind of parenthetical insertion between six, verse 6 and verse 31. Verse 17 um, says which priesthood continueth in the church of God and uh, in all generations and is without beginning of days or end of years. One reason the word generation, which I mentioned in the last episode, could be considered uh, a dispensation is, the, is this verse tends or seems to hint at, at that. Um, verses 19 through 23 are, I don't know how to say that, I mean, favorite I guess, I don't know. It's These are verses that I often ponder, often think about. Um, verses I often cross-reference with other uh, scriptures. It says, I'm going to read just verses 19 through 23 here. It says, And this greater priesthood, Melchizedek, administereth the gospel and holdeth the keys of the mysteries of the kingdom, even the keys of the knowledge of God. Therefore, in the ordinances thereof, the power of godliness is manifest. And without the ordinances thereof, and the authority of the priesthood, the power of godliness is not manifest unto men in the flesh. For without this, no man can see the face of God, even the Father, and live. And now this plainly taught to the children of Israel, and this Moses plainly taught the children of Israel, in the wilderness, and sought diligently to sanctify his people, that they might behold the face of God. So when he says, in the ordinances thereof, what is he talking about? The ordinances of the greater priesthood, the Melchizedek priesthood. What are these ordinances? What ordinances take place utilizing the Melchizedek priesthood? Well, all of them except baptism. Specifically, those in the temple. When we go to the temple, what are we there to do? What are we 
We're there to receive knowledge, the keys of mystery of the kingdom, kingdom, even the key of the knowledge of God. Uh, We're there so that we can prepare to see the face of God. That's what the ordinances of the priesthood do. That's what the priesthood does. That's what the purpose of the priesthood is, is to prepare us to see God again. It's to give us a knowledge of him. As we get and we jump into verse 50, and this you may know they are under the bondage of sin because they come not unto me. For whoso cometh not unto me is under the bondage of sin. And whoso receiveth not my voice is not acquainted with my voice and is not of me. How do we come to come unto him? How do we come to know him? How do we hear him? Well, a major way that we do those things is through the ordinances of the priesthood. The temple. Therefore, in the ordinances thereof, the power of godliness is manifest. Timothy, in 2 Timothy verses, uh, chapter 3, and in, in Isaiah in multiple places, in the Book of Mormon, we're taught about people who profess faith in, in the Lord, but deny the power thereof. The power of godliness is manifest in what? Priesthood ordinances in the priesthood. They deny the priesthood. Why is understanding the Book of Mormon is true so important? Well, amongst many other reasons, it's that we can come to know that the priesthood and the keys of the priesthood were restored to the prophet Joseph Smith and they exist here on the earth today. Knowing that means that we can know that we can be prepared to meet God again. It's the priesthood. The power of God is what is, is critical here. Joseph Smith taught the Melchizedek priest, about the Melchizedek priesthood. It is the channel through which all knowledge, doctrine, the plan of salvation, and every important matter is revealed from heaven. In conference, October 2010, President Oaks talked about two lines of communication, a personal line and a line through the, the keys of the priesthood. However, personal revelation is also connected to the priesthood. How do we receive the gift of the Holy Ghost to be with us always? It's through the laying on of hands, which is an ordinance performed by the Melchizedek priesthood. President Joseph Fielding Smith said that members of the church should rejoice to think that we have great authority by which we may know God. Not only the men holding the priesthood know the great truth, but because of that priesthood and ordinances thereof, every member of the church, men and women alike, may know God. As we move into the oath and covenant of the priesthood, that's important to remember. He's going to say things like this. He's going to say, for whoso is faithful unto obtaining these two priesthoods. He's not going to say who is faithful in being ordained in these priesthoods. This is not a thing about men. It's not a thing about elders receiving the Melchizedek priesthood. This is about ordinances and undertaking the ordinances and the covenants that are administered through the priesthood. That's how you receive, that's how you obtain these two priesthoods, the Aaronic baptism, the Melchizedek confirmation and receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, washing and anointing in the temple, endowment, 
sealing. Ordinance is performed by the, by the power of the priesthood. For whoso is faithful unto obtaining these two priesthoods of which I have spoken and the magnifying their calling are sanctified by the Spirit unto the renewing of their bodies. And they become the sons, and I would insert, and daughters, but the children of Moses and Aaron and the seed of Abraham. Why, are, why is that important? Why is the seed of becoming the seed of Abraham important? Because the Abrahamic covenant. It's the same as becoming adopted into the house of Israel. As we gather Israel and as we make covenants, we're adopted into the house of Israel and become his chosen people. The people with which he has made a covenant to protect and to uplift and to bring into him in the last day. We, those who receive and obtain these two priesthoods and who um, receive the Lord and receive his servants, receive all that my Father hath, is what, the, is what Christ says. At the center of the oath and covenant, at the center of the priesthood and really its purpose and what it does here for us on earth is are the ordinances and the covenants especially those made in the temple. They are to prepare us to see the face of God. They are to prepare us to return to him. It's why we have the gospel. It's why we have the priesthood. It's the why of everything. Is Why are we on the earth so that we can go back? It is the why. Every member of the church who makes and keeps sacred covenants has access to the power of the priesthood, has access to the key of the mysteries of the kingdom, even the key of the knowledge of God. Every member who makes and keeps sacred covenants will see the face of God. And it's through those covenants, it's through those ordinances that we are prepared. So what does it mean to be faithful in obtaining these two priesthoods? More than what I've already said. Joseph Smith taught that the person who obtains the fullness of the priesthood by keeping all the commandments and obeying all the ordinances of the house of the Lord. So the blessings of the oath and covenant of the priesthood are not just for priesthood holders. God's greatest blessings come to men and women who are sealed to each other in the temple. Elder Paul B. Uh, Piper said the full blessings of the priesthood are received together as husband and wife, or not at all. It is interesting that in the oath and covenant of the priesthood, the Lord uses the verb obtain and receive. He does not use the verb uh, ordain. It is in the temple that men and women together obtain and receive the blessings and the power of both the Aaronic and Melchizedek priesthood. Together, unity. Now, there's a whole lot here to talk about, but I think I'll save it for when we talk about section 132 um, and the new and everlasting covenant and and being sealed. But for this conversation, know that the priesthood and temples, it's the whole purpose. Why was the gospel restored? It's so that the priesthood could be restored. So that the power of God could be here so that we could have temples where we could make sacred covenants to be prepared to see the Lord. 
So this episode, I'm looking at my notes, could go on for a really long time. What I'm going to do instead is I'm going to summarize um, some points from Carlos E. Ace of the Presidency of the Quorum of the Seventy. This is from 1985. He said, of all the holy agreements pertaining to the gospel of Jesus Christ, few, if any, would transcend in importance the oath and covenant of the priesthood. It is certainly one of the most sacred agreements, for it involves the sharing of heavenly powers and man's upward reaching toward eternal goals. Pause there for a second. I'll continue his quote in a moment. It involves sharing heavenly powers, God reaching down to us, and man's upward reaching towards eternal goals, us reaching up to him. That's what the Oath and Covenant is about. None of us can afford to be ignorant of the terms of this contract. To do so might cause us to miss the mark in our performance and duty and result in the forfeiture of promised blessings. So what is man's covenant? One, to receive the Melchizedek priesthood in good faith. Two, to magnify our callings. Three, to obey the commandments. Be obedient. Number four, to live by every word of God. What are God's, what's God's oath to us? His promise to us is we will be sanctified by the Spirit. We will be numbered with the elect of God. And we will be given all that God has. This really seems like number three was enough for anything, right? <laughs> but we're also promised renewing of our body, as mentioned in number one, and uh, in, in the Doctrine and Covenants and in verse uh, 33. I mentioned in the last episode a talk by President Nelson, The Price of Priesthood Power. And I want to close kind of with that thought. How do we pay the price for priesthood power? It's not just for men. This, that talk was given in, in a priesthood session. And it's a companion talk to his the talk in the previous conference that he gave in the women's to the women in uh, the women's session of conference. Um, he spoke directly to them in that case, but we all need to pay the price for priesthood power. And how do we do that? We do that in part by prioritizing the priesthood. We do that by prioritizing our covenants prioritizing ordinances, prioritizing the temple in our life. As temples open back up, are we making it a priority to get back there? To be in the house of the Lord. To serve those on the other side of the veil, but also to listen to the words of the covenants we have made and to remake them ourselves. Is the priesthood and is the temple and are the ordinances and are the covenants, are they the thing in our life or are they just a thing? A thing we did once. As we pay the price for priesthood power and allow ourselves to be gathered, we become Zion. We become a powerful people. Your home will, be, will have a power, a protective power against the fiery darts of the adversary. And it's the little things we do every day. It's studying every day. It's praying every day. It's 
studying with our family and praying with our family and spouse every day. It's having family home evening every week. Studying Come Follow Me, studying the Book of Mormon. I'm a big baseball fan, so stick with me for a minute as I give you my baseball analogy. Baseball, um, especially professional baseball in the last few years, has undergone a transformation in thinking. And there's a, a theory or philosophy to hitting that is, and, and even in you know, and pitching too, I guess, just in general in the, in the game, that there are really only three true outcomes to an at-bat. You don't get any good pitches and so you walk. You swing your guts out with a, a bat angle, launch angle as they call it, that if you connect, you're likely to hit a home run. So a walk, a home run, or you're swinging with so much might that you might miss three times and you strike out. So you're either going to walk, you're going to strike out, or you're going to hit a home run. Three true outcomes is what they call it. I hate it. I, I despise it, honestly. It, there, strikeouts, there's so many strikeouts in the game. Um, there are a lot of home runs, but there's so many strikeouts. And so when, when guys are walking, getting on base, then they get left there. People strike out, no one scores, and... You know, one of my favorite teams is really good at hitting home runs. But they're only they only win about 50% of their games because they're not very good at driving in runners when they're on second base. Because if they're not hitting a home run, they're not driving them in. They're striking out or they're walking. If you approach life only looking for the home runs, only swinging for the fences, you're going to miss a whole lot of singles doubles and triples and you're going to leave a whole lot of runners on base and not and and leave a lot of runs out there you could have scored and what does that mean in practice it means if you're always looking to share the gospel in some big way with some non-member friend that's awesome when you do get those chances but you're also going to miss a lot of opportunities to share the gospel with your friends with your family with your kids If you're looking for some big way to gather Israel, that's awesome. Maybe there's going to be something that happens. But you're also going to miss a lot of opportunities to gather yourself and your friends and your family. If you're looking for some big way to access the power of the priesthood, you're going to miss the small ways, the things that are done every day, every day, every day. It's in those small things. It's in those small moments on the day-to-day where our present touches eternity, where we can access the power of the priesthood, access the power of God, receive the revelation that we need to keep our family safe, to keep us safe, to keep us on the covenant path. Thanks for listening. Best of luck in your studies, and I hope you'll join me next week as we continue our study of the Doctrine and Covenants.